You are listening to the weekly podcast of Northeast Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We pray you enjoy today's message. Say the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. It's preaching time. It's preaching time. Now I want you to know that the Holy Spirit gave me this word. And to be quite honest, I did not even consider or remember that today we'd be celebrating our deaconess's birthday and that family would be in the house. But this message seems quite appropriate for a time such as this. Pastor Lynn, I just came to tell a story today. And I just pray that you will open up your tent doors and hear the word of the Lord. Luke, the 16th chapter. Luke, the 16th chapter. Starting at the 19th verse. I'm going to read for your hearing from the King James Version. Here at Northeast Baptist Church, we stand in reverence to the reading of God's Word. You all have to bear with me. Luke, uh, Reverend Nathaniel Luke Mason, gave me on our anniversary one of my father's Bibles. And I said, well, I'm going to start taking his Bible to the pulpit. But I did not realize, Deacon Cannon, how small the writing was. I'm starting to think I might need glasses. If you have it, say amen. If you're still looking, say, wait a minute, preacher. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died 
and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now, great God Almighty, he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they who would pass from here to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from there. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that Thou would sendest him in to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning from the thought, don't let it be too late. Don't let it be too late. Time, my brothers and sisters, is important. Time is a precious commodity. Time cannot be purchased. Time cannot be borrowed. And time cannot be earned through good works. It is a gift that comes from the hands of Almighty God. Many of us do not realize how valuable time is until it passes us by. The beauty and importance of raising children does not necessarily resonate with us while we're raising and rearing them. 
but the significance of this wonderful thing called parenthood really hits us when they're grown and about to leave the house. Relationships by blood and friendship are oftentimes neglected until the one that we love is no longer with us. We get mad, Deacon Shuford, at people that are close to us. We stop talking to the ones that we used to tell everybody where our ride or dies. We, we allow these chasms and these distances to stay thinking that we're all going to live forever. And then when they die unexpectedly, with the breach and the relationship still existing, we come to the funeral and act like we want to jump in the casket with them. I wish I had a witness. That's why I, I tell people all the time, we've got to learn to love folk while they're still here. We've got to learn how to tell people we love them while they're still here. We've got to learn how to give flowers while they can still smell them. Because when they've gone on to be with the Lord, it's just a little bit too late. Beloved, the world revolves around time. Some of us can't keep a job right now because we're always late for work. We know we're supposed to be at our desk, Lynette, at 9 o'clock. But we show up at 9.05, 9.15, 9.30. Sarita, some of us get so bold that we say, I'll be there when I get there. We take the position that we are bigger than the job. And you might get away with it for just a little while. But after a while and by and by, the job will take the position and give it to somebody else. Are you praying with me? Now, some of us have the good sense to show up to work on time. We know that the job is the resource that we use to pay our bills and take care of the ones that we love. Some of us will get to work so early that will turn the lights on for everybody else. We'll stay after 5.30. Leave at 8 o'clock at night. We'll give our all and all to the job. I'm going somewhere. But when it comes to church, 
I'm not talking to our visitors. I'm talking to Northeast. We'll show up after the morning hymn. We'll show up after the pastor gives his announcements. We'll show up after the sermonic hymn. Watch this. And we'll act like we're doing God a favor just by walking through the door. Say amen, somebody. Say amen, floors. Beloved, some of us are just masters at wasting time. And I want you to understand that we can survive wasting time in the secular world. All of us have been there, done that, and have the t-shirt to prove it. But there are some repercussions that come when you waste God's time. The repercussions of wasting God's time are not temporary. But the repercussions of wasting God's time are eternal. And some of us ought to just have the good sense to, to, to value God's time. I mean, he's the one that woke you up this morning. He's the one that put clothes on your back. He's the one that made you healthy when the doctor said you'd be sick all your life. He's the one that put money in your pocket. He's the one that brought your children home last night. He's the one. Come by, somebody. Look at your neighbor. Just tell him, he's the one. We just ought to respect Janine, the God that has protected us from dangers seen and unseen. Are you praying with me this morning? Here is a man who in Latin is called Dives, which means rich man. I hope I can just take a little time telling you this story. Davies is a man who God has blessed with great wealth. He was part of high society. The text tells us that he dressed in the finest purple linen. And I need you to understand the significant. See, 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 when you stand behind this mic, you got to research. Because, because the Bible tells us that we must study so that we can divide the word of truth. Y'all not praying with me this morning. See, what you have to understand when they reference purple is that uh, in antiquities, purple was one of the rarest dyes of the time that was typically only worn by Sister Wilkinson, royalty. So here, here we have Dives who is dressed up like a king. He had all the luxuries a man could want. And let me be clear, this is not a sermon against wealth. For you see, Abraham... Job and Joseph of Arimathea were some of the richest men in the world of their time. 
Wealth is not a sin. Being selfish with your money. Anybody praying with me? Squandering what God has given you. Not blessing those that are less fortunate. See, God made the wealthy and God made the, the poor. God made those that dine sumptuously and God made those that are begging on the street for bread. But our job, if we've been blessed by God, is to take care of the least of these. The sin is in ignoring and taking for granted that which the world, that, with that which God has given you. Davies lived a flamboyant and extravagant life. But Davies is a man that waited too long to worry about his soul salvation. Davies was worried about impressing men and all the while ignoring the God that gave him everything that he had. Family, I'll be the first to admit I don't have much. I don't live in a gated community with servants at my beck and call. But you best believe that God gets the praise for whatever I have. I may be wearing sneakers today that are five years old, but thank you, Lord. I may be wearing pants and shirts with no brand name on them, but thank you, Lord. I may drive a car that you might never want to sit in, but it gets me from here to there. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I, I may live in a house where the roof might leak and, uh, and the heater might not work and, and the floors might need to be repaired, but thank you, Lord. Oh, I wish I had about 20 folk in the building and I'll make 21 that ought to shame to give God praise because whatever you have, you know God gave it to you and you want to give him a praise for blessing you and keeping you and holding you. Oh, I wish I had oh, somebody. Davies had everything that money could buy. The Lord had blessed him in a mighty way. But there was another man, James, by the name of Lazarus, a poor beggar who the Bible says was full of sores, who laid at the rich man's gate, content with the scraps that fell from his table. And Davies would not help him. Davies probably had garbage cans full of food that would feed hundreds. But yet, Davies cared nothing about this man. Some of us can be so selfish. Let us hit the number. 
Let us go on a run at live or at rivers or at parks. Yeah, some of y'all being quiet in here trying to act like they so saved right now. Yeah, no, and Mega Millions come out, y'all, well, y'all, I know good and well, you go into that corner store, that bodega, same and somebody. But let us get Negro rich. And have more in the bank than we've ever had at one time. Some of us ain't never been out of Philadelphia, but we'll start speaking like the king and queen of England. Can't reach them on the phone no more. Stop going to church. Start acting and walking around with their nose turned up in the air, acting like they did it all by themselves, not realizing that it was God that blessed them in spite of them. They become a whole different person until, somebody say until, until they're broke again. <laughs> Here lays Lazarus full of sores, sick and hungry. And Davies had no compassion for him. Reverend, the, the text goes on to tell us that there were some dogs. And it's important, Mooch, to note that most dogs in that day were not domesticated. They didn't lay at your feet and obey every command. Now, these were wild dogs. The dogs in antiquities were vicious, and if you were attacked by a pack of wild dogs, you could surely lose your life. In my mind's eye, I see these dogs racing towards Lazarus. But somewhere in between their starting point, great God Almighty, and their destination, God stepped in. I wish I had a witness in here today. Somewhere in between their starting point and their destination, divinity stepped in and changed their disposition and the Bible says that they licked his wounds and soothed him. God used dogs to show Lazarus compassion. And somebody in here today can testify that there was a time in your life when you were on the verge of being attacked. And there was a time in your life when the enemy was running after you. But somewhere in between their starting point and reaching your destination, God stepped in right on time. Is there anybody in the building that can testify that God formed a hedge of protection around you?
You ought not sit there with your hands under your behind, uh, but you ought to be lifting your head and giving God praise that what the enemy meant for your destruction, uh, God meant it for your good. As the story goes, Lazarus eventually died. But broke the death. The death of Lazarus made the undertaker mad. The undertaker didn't make a fee when Lazarus died. For the Bible says that Angels came down. Oh, great God Almighty. The Bible says that angels came down and scooped Lazarus up and placed him in the bosom of Abraham. I wish I had a witness. God is the great equalizer. Dives died too, but a different process took place. I'm sure he had a lavish funeral. I'm sure high society deaconess Edwards showed up to pay their respects. I'm sure that everybody in the community was alerted to the fact that Lazarus had died. But there were some demons waiting on Lazarus, prepared to take him to the pits of Hades. And, 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 and don't you let nobody fool you with all of this nouveau riche thinking, telling you that there is not a heaven and there is not a hell. But Jesus said right here in this text that hell is a real thing. Davies arrived in Hades. And the Bible says that he looked up from the fire and the torment and saw Lazarus rocking in the bosom of Abraham. And Davies said, Father Abraham, would you please send Lazarus down to dip his finger in some water and place it on the tip of my tongue? Some people never learn. Davies is in the pit of hell, but still wants Lazarus to be his servant. Y'all get that when you get home? Davies said, I'm in torment down here. Abraham engaged in a conversation with him. He said, don't you remember that while you were on the earth with Lazarus. You treated him worse than a dog. 
Are you praying with me? While you were there and had a chance to help Lazarus, you ignored him and wouldn't even give him the scraps from your table. But Davies, Lazarus is in a different place now. He's in a place where every day is Sunday and the Sabbath will have no end. He's in a different place now where the choir never stops singing. He's in a different place now where joy bells ring all day long. He's in a different place now where the streets are paved with gold. He's in a different place now where he can praise God all day long. And Davies, there's a gulf between us. Lazarus can't come to you. And because you waited too late, you can't come here. Well, I got to give him Davies a little credit for when he realized that his fate was sealed. He said, Abraham, oh, Abraham, please, I got five brothers. Send Lazarus to my father's house. I don't want them to come to the state I'm in. It's hot down here. I'm tormented down here. I'm suffering down here. Tell, tell, tell my brothers to change their ways. Tell, tell, tell my brothers they don't want to end up like me. Tell, tell, tell my brothers they got a heaven to look towards and a God to glorify. Tell, tell, tell my brothers don't let it be too late. I stopped by Northeast Baptist Church. Don't let it be too late. Serve the Lord while you still have time. We're still working on a building. It's a new foundation. Hold it up. Holding up. Holding up. Holding up. Holding up. Holding up. The bloodstained banner for my Lord. Hey, Lord, if you wrong somebody, say I'm sorry. Don't let it be too late. If you mistreated somebody, say I'm sorry. Don't let it be too late. If you're living outside of the ark of safety, call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. Don't let it be too late. Turn your life over. 
turn it over to Jesus before it's too late. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. He. too late. The doors of the church are open. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.